welcome this morning. Approximately uh, a month ago, we done a study on heaven. Some of you probably didn't get to hear it, but I'm going to use that as an introduction to our study this morning. We talked about heaven and how beautiful it was. We talked about why we needed to go to heaven. We talked about how to get to heaven. So I want to refresh you with a couple of ideas about that as, we, as our introduction. How to get to heaven. Second Thessalonians 1 and verse 7, And you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. I like to keep things simple. If you get anything this morning, let's get this. Those that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ will be punished with everlasting destruction. Get this. That's the most important part to getting to heaven. If you don't obey the gospel, don't make no plans to go to heaven. It ain't going to happen. Number two. 2 Peter 1 and verse 5, And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. These nine things are called the Christian graces. When you read them and you add the different things, diligence, faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, God, brotherly kindness, and charity or love, verse 10 tells us something. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. If you do these things, ye shall never fall. If you add these nine things, your calling, your election to heaven is sure. You will never fall. So, to get to heaven, obey the gospel and add these gracious characteristics that we've talked about. That leads us into the discussion for this morning. And we're going to go back a verse. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. I can figure out that if you're blind, you cannot see. Okay, that's easy. But those that do not apply these graces, these nine characteristics, have forgotten that they is purged or their sins was forgiven. So that's what we're going to study today. And I put the title on it, The Backslider. 
What's a backslider? Let me show you. There's a backslider. For those of you listening on podcast, uh, we got a guy on a slide backwards hanging on, and we got another guy down here with a tie saying, Members of the congregation have informed me that you are backsliding. So that's what a backslider is in pictures. So let's study for a little bit today about a backslider. Hosea 11 and verse 7 says, My people are bent to backsliding from me. Though they called them to the Most High, none at all would exalt him. Backsliding is listed 12 times in the Bible. So it's not talked a lot, not not very much about. But I think this kind of gives us a, a definition backsliding from me, when we're going away from God. That's what backsliding is. Here's a saying that I like to use, up, down, or sideways. People used to ask me, what's the stock market going to do? And I say, up, down, or sideways. Because that's what any market will do. The cattle market, hog market, wheat market, whatever it is, they don't ever go... You can't go back in time, so it's going to go up, down, or sideways. I'd like to use this same phrase with Christian growth. You're either going up, or down, or sideways. That's what we do as Christians. When we grow as Christians, up, down, or sideways. I'm going to ask you a question. Since your baptism... Are you up, down, or sideways? Are you stronger? Are you weaker? Are you on a plateau? Do you remember what it was like when you came up out of the baptistry? How did you feel? I felt a hundred pounds lighter. All of that garbage I'd been carrying was gone. Others says they were so excited I was going to save the world. Some of us might say they was on fire. They wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. So let's think for a little while on those nine characteristics that we read in Second Peter. Since your baptism, are you diligent? Diligence is eager. Hasten. Was you eager to get here today? Did you get here early? I don't know who got here late. Didn't look back. But did you get here early? Was you in a hurry to get here? Was this something you excited to do? Are you diligent in your Christian walk? Or are you like this? Well, guys, it's my turn to speak. I had a rough week. Here's what you're going to get. Matthew 19 and 16 says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? You all know the story. Young man came into Jesus. He was eager. What can I do to go to heaven? And he told him some things. He said, All of these things I've done since my youth up. 
And Jesus says, just go sell what you have and give it to the poor and you got it. He went away sorrowful. He had great possessions. He was not willing to trade his earthly possessions for eternal life. Number two on our list, adding to your faith. Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Some people, when they obey the gospel, don't have a lot of faith. They may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They may believe that Jesus was crucified on the cross, that he died on that cross, that he was buried, he was in a grave three days, and then he arose. They may believe that. Since your baptism, is your faith stronger? Is it weaker? Are you just kind of going sideways? Our faith should grow. We should have a lot more faith if we got several years under our belt as a Christian. Virtue. Are we adding virtue? Virtue is excellence. Colossians 3 and 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. When I was in school, they give grades. Kenneth, I guess you all give grades, okay. Uh, if you was an A student, you was doing excellent. All right, my Christians here, are you A Christians? Are you B Christians, above average? Are you C Christians, average Christians? Are you D Christians? Below average Christians. Maybe you're F Christians. You're failing. You're a backslider then, aren't you? Are you giving 100%? I've had some of our brothers and sisters, I'm going to step it up. I think we all ought to step it up. I don't see a Christian here that's excellent. Myself included. So I think we got some things to be doing. Number four, are we adding knowledge? 2 Timothy 3 and 16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Do you get it that this Bible that we have is the inspired word of God? Do you get it that if you're having problems in life, the answer's in that scripture. Every one of us have problems and trials that we go through. If we don't know the word, we don't know the answer to the problem we're having. We have to work on that. Number five, adding temperance. Temperance is self-control. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I preach to others I myself should be a castaway. I presume 
that every one of our teachers that get up here feel kind of like this. We teach and we help others to be a Christian and we wondered if we're going to be a castaway because we can't control ourselves. How many times do we say something we shouldn't? Think something we shouldn't? Do something we shouldn't? Not do something we should be doing? How many times do we do that? Brother Kenneth had a lesson not long ago. What was I thinking? My title is, Why Wasn't I Thinking? How many times do we do that? We can't control ourselves. It's a guard. We put up a guard. We have to guard ourselves at all times. Number six, adding patience. Patience is endurance. Revelation 2 and 10 Fear none of those things which I shall suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you in prison, and you shall be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth a little time and then passeth away. I get that when we compare that to eternity. But in our life, daily life, we got to look at it like a marathon, like we're running miles and miles and miles and miles. We got to be able to endure. I was a track mate once, and a guy was running a long race, and he quit. He didn't finish. He didn't place. He got nothing. So in our Christian race, we don't quit. We endure, endure, and all the different trials we go through, they keep coming at you. You can become stronger or weaker, or you can stay the same. When we have a trial, we can get stronger, or we can let it push us back and backslide. Number seven, adding godliness. 1 Peter 2 and 21, For even hereunto were you called, because Jesus also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. How many of us, the community looks and says, Hey, that's a godly fellow. I don't know. Several years ago, the young people would wear a bracelet or something and it would be, what would Jesus do? Now, we can do that. We can try to live like Jesus lived. Can we follow his steps? It's hard. I mean, we we cannot live a perfect life, but we can try. I think people should be able to see that you're trying to live a Christian life. Jerry McCorkle told a story about a young man that took a summer job. I don't know what he's doing, but he took a summer job. And he asked him after summer's over, was, how was that? You know, living and with that group and working with them, you know, being a Christian? And the young man says, they never knew. They couldn't tell he was a Christian. I think it should show. 
Number eight is adding brotherly kindness. Romans 12 and 10, Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Who do you hang out with? Do the people you are associated with, do they lead you in a, in a godly walk? Do they help you as a Christian? Or do they pull you down? You know, we, we talk about a comfort zone from time to time. Somebody says, oh, you're getting me out of my comfort zone. We ought to be in that comfort zone when we're with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We ought to be our strongest then. We ought to be able to move mountains when we're with our brothers and sisters in Christ. This is not an option. I think it's a command that we prefer our brothers and sisters in Christ. Number nine, adding charity or love. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is likened to it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. <coughs> Think about it for just a second. The nine characteristics we've just studied, if you're doing this, loving the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind, and loving thy neighbors thyself, they all tie together. If you're really doing this, loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, you will be diligent, you'll be adding faith, You'll be loving your brother. You'll be able to persevere and endure. You'll have all of these things. When you have that, you get heaven. So that's pretty, pretty simple. For a little while now, let's study the signs of backsliding. One is selfishness. Proverbs 14 and 14. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Why me? You ever said that? I don't have time. My ch children have these activities. I work hard, I need to have some time off. And you don't count your blessings. I presume every one of us are selfish. But when it's me, myself, and I, instead of loving God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, then we're going backwards. Think about it. Number two, not doing our part. We've got several verses here in 1 Corinthians 12. For the body is not one member, but many. And if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, am I not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? 
But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. Are you doing your part as far as the church goes? Let's let Fred do it. Fred's better at studies. Fred's better at teaching. Fred's better at visiting. Fred is so much better at everything. Are you doing your part teaching, public and private? Do you do studies with other people? Are you asking for the studies? What about singing? Are you trying to get better singing? I've been to congregations that don't sing as good as here. I've been to congregations that sings better than they do here. What about praying? Do you really try hard when you say a prayer? You know, I've heard prayers, and whoo, well, that was good. And I've heard other prayers, and I said, ooh, they hit automatic play. Amen. What about visiting? How hard is it to visit somebody? What about cooking? It's hard for me to cook, I promise. I mean, you probably don't want to eat what I cook. But some of you can cook. I mean, somebody's down, take them a meal. I can take them a gift card. That might be the best answer yet. But what are we doing? Are we doing our part? Fred cannot do it all. Fred ain't even here today. No, I'm serious. I don't. I hope there's not a Fred. Anybody here that's middle name is Fred? I apologize. We just use that word. So, if there is, talk to me, and I'll find somebody. I'll find a different name. Okay. All right. Another sign is our morals. Hebrews three and thirteen. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The morals in our nation is pitiful. Everybody's doing it. Can't believe them. I mean, just think about the nation we live in and what's going on. It's just... And it rubs off on us. That's a sign of backsliding when we are not different than the world. 1 Timothy 2 and 9. But in like manner that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair, gold, or pearls, or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. You can get on the internet and find a lot of information. So I looked up what is immodest dressed. And here's some ideas that I got. One, immodest dressed is clothes that you can see through. Immodest dressed is uh, slits 
plunges in the neckline, slits in the skirt up too high, showing the midriff, uh, distressed areas in critical spots, uh, too tight that it shows too much, too short, and too low. I mean, I guess most of y'all have seen some guys wearing pants that you say, there ain't no way for them to stay up. But anyway, most of us know what it is to be modest. And that's a sign when worldliness shows in our dress. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says that we are a peculiar people that show forth the praises to God. We was in Hobby Lobby or somewhere and there was a couple of ladies that had on long dresses and their hair was pulled up and they had a black thing on it. And I thought, well, them are them are Mormons or <laughs> Mennonites or whatever they was. You know, these religious ladies. But I think we should look different than what the world looks like. I don't care if it's a style. I don't care if it's all you can buy because I know you can buy other things. And parents, it's wonderful when you tell your children, you're not going to wear that if you're under my roof. They need to know what a modest dress is. Another sign of backsliding is lack of study. 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. How much do you study in the last week, last month? We have teachers here. I presume you have continued education. We have medical people here. I presume you have continued education. We have financial people here. I can presume you have financial, you have to have continued education. Nearly everybody has to keep up. Be interesting if, if each one of us kept a chart of our time studying in the next month. Then we'll get a spreadsheet and we'll put it on the board. Everybody's name. Everybody in favor, raise your hand. Hmm. Okay. I'm not in favor of doing that. Okay. But it'd be interesting to see how much we study. That's a sign when we don't know God's Word. How about attendance? Hebrews 10 and 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some end, but exhorting one another in so much more as you see the day approaching. If you were an employer and your employee came to church as much as you did, would you give them a raise? Would you cut their pay? Or would you fire them? Think about that. 
We are told to come and exhort one another. How can I exhort you if you're not here? How can you exhort me if I'm not here? It's important to be here. I have come and sat through some sermons and I thought, whew, that wasn't very good. And you're probably thinking that right now. But I've always got stronger from hearing the Word of God. Every time. Sometimes I really get uplifted at a song and the way somebody sings it and the way they smile and how much emotion they put in it. I get something every time I come to church. And I think you will too. And God intended for us to be here. Another sign of backsliding is our instruction. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and be turned to fables. Let me tell you a few fables that's happening in the church of Christ. One is, you was predestined to be saved. It don't matter what you do. This is out there. Two, you don't have to be baptized anymore to be saved. This is in the church of Christ. Three, it's okay for women to be teachers and preachers. They've left out 1 Corinthians 14. There's all kind of fables going on out there. And it's rampant. It's in Amarillo. It's in Oklahoma City. It's here. We have to know the doctrine. If you let it slip, then you backslide. 1 Timothy 4 and 16, Take heed in thyself and into the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. If it's not in the Bible, better not do it. You better have an example of it. You better have an instruction for it. Otherwise, we're breaking God's plan. He will not be happy with that. Okay, as we try to wrap things up, God does not tolerate our backsliding. Isaiah 1 and 4 says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord, and they have provoked the Holy One of Israel into anger. They are gone away backward. If you're going backward, you're making God angry. You don't want the Holy One angry at you. I promise. If you're not getting stronger... Or if you're getting weaker, God is not happy with you. And you don't want Him to take vengeance upon you. Proverbs 19 and verse 15 and 16. Slothfulness catheth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. He that keepeth the commandment keepeth his own soul, but he that despiseth his ways shall die. Can you think of a 
example of a slothful man? I see a smile or two. The one talent man was slothful. He was given abilities. He didn't use it. He hid it in the ground, didn't he? He was not blessed, was he? It was taken away from him. And he was cast in outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. He was a backslider. So our, our final thought for this morning before we offer the imitation song is, are you keeping the commandments? Are you stronger than a while back? Are you weaker? Or have you just hit a plateau? Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.